the thing is, we, we never receive things that we can't surmount. When something happens in our life, we have what it takes to move through that. But the question is, do we move through that with grace and ease or do we resist it? You're listening to Let's Be Omnist, the show where we are celebrating spiritual diversity, one truth, and one story at a time. I'm your host, Michael Anthony, spiritual life coach and intuitive reader from thedivinerlife.com. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 13. Today, I am honored to bring you a conversation I had with Hay House author, teacher, healer, mother, you know her as Callista. Before I dive into today's episode, I would like to share a few quick things happening over on thedivinerlife.com. First, starting April 1st, 2020, there will be a shift in pricing for Club Divine memberships at both the basic and the standard tiers. For those of you that have not joined Club Divine yet, but you have been interested, you should definitely go ahead and sign up at current pricing before April 1st, and that way you can be locked into the current pricing. If you have never heard about my membership community, Club Divine, before this moment, let me go ahead and give you a quick rundown so you know what I'm talking about. It's a really supportive online community where you have the ability to work with me on embracing your personal spiritual path. Members of Club Divine have access to a private Facebook group and Instagram where I share daily intuitive guidance for the collective and encourage an open discussion from there. In these groups, I host a monthly live event where we dive into our monthly theme, Members of the group also receive a free copy of Diviner Magazine, which for podcast listeners is a huge benefit because the guests of Let's Be Omnist share bonus content in a section that I call podcast extras. So if you want to hear more from some of these guests and you get a copy of Diviner Magazine, you can get all of the behind the scenes content. Members who choose a standard tier or above also gain access to perks like personal weekly readings, on-demand text message readings, and many, many more things. So like I said, starting April 1st, 2020, there will be a shift in pricing to accommodate this new increased amount of content that's being produced. The basic tier will be shifting from $5 to just $8 per month, and the standard tier will be shifting from $8 to just $11 per month. Links for signing up for Club Divine are in the episode notes below, so please make sure that you go ahead and check that out. Second announcement. If you do not want to join Club Divine, but you are still super interested in that podcast bonus content that I mentioned, you can now become a patron of Let's Be Omnist for just $5 a month. By doing so, you will not only make the show possible, but you will also help keep the show performing at its very best. Patrons do receive a monthly code as a reward for backing the show, and that code gets you a downloadable copy of Diviner Magazine for free. So not only do you save the show, but you also save money. This is a win-win situation for everybody. So like I said, definitely check out the links in the show notes below so that you can find out how to become a patron. Okay, so now back to today's episode. Today I am chatting with the mother of unicorns, the queen of the angels, and the one, the only, Callista. Callista is an award-winning author, she's a pioneer of spiritual ascension, and she is a magical leader who truly walks her talk. Through creating the angel healing modality, Callista has attuned thousands of souls worldwide to the angelic realms and believes that by healing and empowering our lives, we can help all of creation thrive. 
This week on the show, Callista and I are taking a walk down her spiritual path. She explains to us what exactly Ascension is, how her personal Ascension introduced her to the unicorn realm, and of course, we will talk all about the Archaea, which are featured in her new book titled, The Female Archangels, Evolutionary Teachings to Heal and Empower Your Life. I do want to mention that around the 44 minute mark today, you will notice this strange beep and then a break in the flow of our conversation. In that break, uh, we did have a moment in recording where Callista got the attention of some energy in the universe, and that energy caused a lot of technical difficulties. But this technical difficulty moment led us into some really powerful conversation, and so we both agreed it was important to leave this chunk in the episode. So please do pardon that strange noise and the weird break in the flow of our conversation, but it is so necessary. And Callista and I will be sharing a little behind the scenes peek at exactly what happened in that moment later on. Okay, I don't know about you, but that was a lot and I am tired and I am so excited that it is now that time where you get to go ahead and grab yourself a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, a cup of whatever you'd like, because in the spirit of truth and honesty, here is my conversation with Callista. So welcome, Callista, to Let's Be Omnist. I am so excited to have you. Thank you for being here. I am totally thrilled to be here. Thank you, Michael. Of course. Um, So I've already told everybody your bio, your amazing things that you've done, but I would still like to give you the opportunity to tell everybody who you are and what you do. Um, So go ahead and tell us, like, what's your thing? (laughs) It depends on the day that you ask me. I am um, a writer and teacher of ascension, nature-based spirituality. I work a lot with the angels, the unicorns, the elementals. So I help people to connect with these ethereal realms. But I'm also a mother, mother of three, a kundalini yoga teacher, and just a student of this life experience, really. I didn't realize that you were a mother of three, so good for you having so much time to do all of these things and still be a mom. That is in and of itself amazing. <laughs> I know. Some days I just don't sleep, but it's all good. <laughs> I I uh, I have trouble doing the work that I do and taking care of a dog, so like it's just automatically I'm overwhelmed thinking of like how much um, sleep I would need to be able to do all the things that you've yeah. done. Um, you know what? You, you just manage it. When I just had a, one child, I thought, wow, I don't have enough time. When I had two, the same. Now I have three. I'm like, this is ridiculous. But there's <laughs> definitely no more children in my life now. <laughs> That's enough. That is fine. But uh, it sounds like you've got all that you need, all that you, all that you are destined to have. That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Before we dive into a little bit more on all of the magic that you do, I want to let people get to know you a little bit deeper and in a fun way. So we're going to play a quick game of two truths and a lie. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds cool. I love this. I love this. Cool. So whenever you're ready, go ahead and share your two truths and one lie, and I will do my best to figure it out. Okay. So this was really fun to come up with. So Callista isn't my birth name is number one. I used to be a cancer research scientist, number two, and I'm related to the queen, number three. Wow. Okay. This is honestly probably the toughest one that I've done yet. <laughs> um, 
And I'm going to walk you through my thinking because I know that you teach a lot of different healing modalities. So that's why I'm kind of struggling with the second one about cancer research because I'm like, oh, but she does live in that healing world. And we had a brief discussion the listeners didn't hear about your name before the show. So I'm going to say your lie is that Callista is not your birth name. So you think I'm related to the queen? I don't know. You could be. Who knows? <laughs> that is my lie. I am not related to the queen, but I Dang. just thought that was really funny. Yeah. Callista isn't my birth name. It was actually the name that was given to me by the angels back in 2006 when I left my role, my career in cancer research to do what I'm doing now. I am shocked. <laughs> so, okay. I have so many questions, but I'm going to start with um, the more serious one, which is how does someone go from scientific cancer research to something not so scientific and not so tangible? Like, what did that journey look like for you? Ah, that was, it's such a polar journey when I look at it now, but when I was living it, it just felt like a nat- the natural progression. Um, and I've heard of lots of people who have completely did a 360 and some people will say, oh, you're a walk-in, you're, you've literally had another soul come into your body. You ever heard of that term, a walk-in? No, I was going to ask you what, what okay. you meant by that. Walk-in. I don't believe that this is this is what happened to me, but some people believe that, okay, you're living a life, you have a certain lifestyle, you have a certain point of view, ethics, values, and then all of a sudden something happens. It could be something big or it could be something subtle. And who you were completely changes. You change your views, you change your ethics, you change what you do for a living. Um, and they reckon it to be another soul. Your soul that you were born, the Mm. the soul and body when you came into this physical life, leaves, exits, and a new soul comes in. And it's called a walk-in, a soul walk-in. And there's lots of people that believe this. I know it's pretty (laughs) mind-blowing. And so I've heard that people have said to me, do you think you are a walk-in? And I'm like, no, because... I remember experiences when I was young. I have that connection. I feel it's just what happened for me was I always had a really strong desire to help people. I think we have to in the path that we're living right now. Mm -hmm. I always had that desire. And I was really aware as a child. I was really intuitive. I came from a long line of spiritualist mediums and healers. and physical healers as well, like midwives and vets and things like that. So that, so that was like always in my awareness. Went into cancer research because I was really actually interested in science and biotechnology. But then when I got into that world, the deeper, the deeper I went into that world, the more I saw it just commercializes health. And I really saw the you know, the stuff that you don't really want to see in big pharma, but you kind of know it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still had that inherent passion to want to connect with people, want to help people have a better quality of life. And I asked, I just asked, I asked 
I didn't know at the time I was asking spirit, my higher self, but I just, I put the request out there and it was answered by starting up an evening class and the evening class was a 10-week course in Reiki. And at that moment in my life, I didn't know what Reiki was. I didn't know what that type of feeling was. You know, honestly, it was just like totally foreign to me. But I knew I had to go. Something was just pulling me. So I went along and, uh, you know, I was so cynical back then. I was hardened by life, total cynic scientist. Really? Yeah, I was totally different. Um, but the more I the, the more I saw how Reiki and other forms of healing can really help someone in a very short space of time versus taking pills and medication and that really just mask symptoms, don't they? They don't go to the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I knew that was my path. That's what I wanted to do. And so, I mean, it wasn't just flicking a switch. It took me a while. It took me a good six months to leave science and trust that it was the right thing to do. Um, But I I took the leap of faith and here I am. It's so interesting to hear you say, oh, you know, it didn't happen overnight. Like it took me a good six months because my reaction to hearing six months is, that's it. It took you less than a year to completely change your life. No wonder people were like, uh, have you ever heard of a walk-in? I know, I know. <laughs> six months is, I mean, for a lot of people to not only realize their dream and their passion, but then to completely change over to a whole new world in just six months. I'm sure there are plenty of people listening to this like, I got to get my butt in gear. I got things I to do. <laughs> I know, but honestly, if you are feeling this, if you, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I have to leave my job, I have to leave my relationship, I have to take that leap of faith too, just do it, you know, trust. I wish, see, for me, I look at six months and I think that's quite a long time because I was living it. But yeah, I guess for some people that would be quite, quite short. But I did, I changed, I was engaged to an academic an amazing guy but he couldn't understand alternative healing you know waving your hands over someone (laughs) (laughs) could heal them um all my friends were for were from science were from my work and so when I left I left my fiance I didn't have any friends I didn't have a regular income I left behind everything that I knew to go into this unknown world but I trusted it. You know, I felt it in my gut. I felt it in my heart. And yes, the steps, they they weren't, you know, they, they didn't reveal. It wasn't like the angel said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to become a teacher and an author, da, 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 and everything's going to work out. And, and that's the scary part, I think, why people don't take leaps of faith is because they can't see the path ahead of them. But as we ascend our consciousness, I believe we're all being asked to take these leaps of faith. Mm. And they'll all look different to us, but we're all being asked and it's our soul, our, our higher self within us that's driving that. And I think we have to really recognize that and trust and so trust that not only will the path fill in and the details will fill in and everything will work out um we also have to remember that we're supported by our angels and our guides Mm. you know we're never alone we're never leaping into the darkness alone we're always held 
you just took me like on such an emotional journey in those few moments just now. I am signed up for the Church of Callista. Like I, <laughs> I am listening to the good word. <laughs> um, you said the word ascension, and I know that your Instagram handle, your website, ascension is a really big part of kind of what you do and what you talk about. Can you explain to the listeners that may not know what exactly the word ascension means to you? Yeah, because it's such a misused, well, not misused, but it's such a, I I believe, a misunderstood term. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different, different definitions. From my perspective, ascension isn't a heavenly staircase that we're walking up or going from the third dimension to the fifth in our in our aircraft and our like spaceship. <laughs> I um, picture a stairmaster because I picture it being yeah. kind of difficult. You got to push a little harder. I believe ascension is integrating who we are and loving all that we are. And I can go deeper with that. So we all have hang-ups, fears, shadows, blocks, limitations that we're that we're holding on to. Mm-hmm. I believe ascension is looking at those things that we carry on our emotional body, mental body, spiritual body, physical body, and listening to them, integrating them, working through those aspects and loving them. So we don't have a part of our body or a part of our life that we're ignoring. You know, everything is, it's an inclusive practice for me is ascension. and. It seems maybe the angels should have given me the name Ascension rather than Callista because I use it with everything because I believe that's the nature of consciousness where it's going. I believe we're all ascending. We're all moving forward in this path of integration, trying to kind of figure out what it all means, why we're here, but also what's going on in our inner reality. Like, why do we have these hang-ups? Why does this pattern keep repeating or... Why do we have these these habits and addictions? Like, what is going on? What is at the heart of them? For me, ascension is having the willingness to face yourself, to face every aspect of your consciousness, loving it, integrating it, and moving yourself forward. I really love that. You started the explanation by saying, you know, I don't picture ascension as, and then you gave us some really great visuals. and so. I, you've just changed my visual of ascension to kind of like a hot air balloon where like, it's just naturally going to lift. It's just designed to go up on its own. And instead of viewing as like your hangups and obstacles as these weights keeping you down, you can kind of view them more as like something that you can take with you if you just stop believing in the weight of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can interchange the term ascension and enlightenment. And enlightenment, Mm. maybe that conjures up this notion of Buddha or something like that, or, you know, the Zen master. But enlightenment really is (laughs) being light, keeping in your humor, keeping in the play, looking at these things, whether it's, you know, you have a habit of comfort eating or bulimia or self-harm whatever it is but just looking at looking at those things from a lighter more 
spiritual perspective really can help get you out of the density you know it can it mm-hmm. helps detangle them and I, and I I understand you know I've had those things I've experienced and, and moved through self-harm bulimia binge eating um a whole host of things and I believe that's been in my path to help me kind of get to grips with this because I don't believe we can just be all love and light and fluffy in the spiritual movement we have to be able to accept the darker more shadow aspects of ourselves um, but love them as much as we're loving our skills and our gifts and our talents yeah that is a huge message that I think has been overlooked for a very long time and so I appreciate you one sharing your personal story and two, just getting right to the heart of it immediately, right? You didn't kind of like slowly work your way up to it. You're like, here's the tea. Let me tell you the truth. We're just going to dive right in. Um, I appreciate that very direct approach. I think that's important and a lot of people need that. Um, one of the ways that you describe ascension is kind of like practical ascension, uh, which I really like. What does that look for you? look like for you? How do you kind of incorporate ascension into your daily practice it's just my lifestyle you know it's just my lifestyle um I do a lot of shadow work a lot of shadow work so for how that looks like so I believe we always have so maybe like four or five loops of mental chatter that's going on all the time Mm-hmm. For me, it's you like know. 40 or 50, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet if you broke that down and you really could yeah, yeah. it, it'd be like four or five. So one of mine is I'm a crap mother. You know, I can't do it. I'm just a crap mother, whatever. You know, and I think a lot of parents don't have to be a mom, you could be a father too, have this kind of guilt, like we're not, we're not doing a good job, whatever. So I, I'll take that. I'll, I'll have a look at that. And rather than just getting caught up into the story of that loop or feeling crap because of it, you know, because it's just that ego part. It's just that conditioned part of the mind that's, that's keeping looping. I'll face it. I'll sit down and go, okay, what's, what's underneath this? Where is this coming from? What is this trying to, why is this manifesting? What do I need to know? Like I'll, I'll be in a divine conversation. And I think that's really important for practical ascension is this willingness to be in a conversation with yourself. And you can relate this over to something that's happening on a physical level. Maybe you keep getting like stomach issues and you're like, why am I getting these stomach issues? What is have a conversation with your stomach have a conversation with your body like I know that sounds a little bit airy fairy but but do it and it reveals so much a good question to ask is what is the positive learning and understanding of this mental loop of thinking or this dis-ease that I'm experiencing what is the positive learning and understanding And your heart, your soul, whatever you like to call that presence within, will speak to you. Mm. And that first response that you receive is your higher self, your soul speaking to you. The second, third will be your ego or it'll be that mental loop trying to get you wrapped in the story again. So just trust trust that first 
response that you receive and be willing to be in a divine conversation with yourself. That is beautiful. I love that response. You are so well-spoken and I can tell for the listeners who don't get the opportunity to see your face as you're speaking, like I do, uh, you have this very clear way of, I can see you like look inside and like almost like you're reading this divine prompt of like, here's the answer, here's the best response. And it's really beautiful to watch you tap into that. Um, and so I just wanted to make sure that I gave the listeners the opportunity That's to understand. That's really lovely, Michael. Thank you. Um, so you said the term airy fairy, which, uh, I'm excited to dive into a little bit because you, you mentioned that maybe talking to your body is a little strange, but I know that you have conversations with things and beings and powers far outside of just your own physical body. Can you talk to me a little bit about your first book, Unicorn Rising? Yes. Yeah. Unicorn Rising. Maybe I shouldn't have said airy fairy. I don't want to say <laughs> downplay the ethereal realms because yeah that's a that's a massive part of my path and I know a huge part of other people's path especially your listeners so unicorn rising was and is a semi-autobiographical account of my awakening and my path so far weaved throughout with the medicine and the healing and the teachings of the unicorns and there's also some information there about the fairies come in and the angels. But it's, it's, it's mainly a way for people to get to know who the unicorns are, why they're here, how they can help us to ascend and do our shadow work and help us to be in that sacred ceremony all the time with who we are. And the unicorns have so much to say. <laughs> They have so, oh my God, they have so much to say. They have been depicted as these sugary, fluffy beings, but yet they are powerful luminaries Mm -hmm. that represent our soul and our soul's path. So, for example, if when you start getting images of unicorns coming to you or you dream of unicorns or you just see them represented everywhere like their symbology that is a calling card from your soul that it's ready to step you're ready to step up you've been going through a period of stagnancy in your life it's now ready to level up to level up your consciousness and start listening to your soul and Humanity as a whole has been receiving this calling card since round about 2015, when the unicorns started to come into popular, to like her culture, and they come into clothing clothing lines and inspired everybody to get their hair, you know, different colours and everything. They're here, and they're here to help us to rise. That's why the book is called Unicorn Rising. They're here to help us to rise up, to not censure ourselves anymore, to be who we came here to be, no matter our gender, our culture, our background, to know that we have the capability and the wherewithal to do anything, to be anything. It doesn't matter. Mm. So Um, how then did the unicorn show up in your life? Because I imagine that if they're about soul calling and like really listening to your purpose, that to go from a cancer researcher 
to someone who writes about unicorns and angels and elementals, where did the unicorn like show up for you or how did that show up in your life? Yeah. Well, when they came into my life, I definitely received a huge calling card to step up. Um, so just to give you a short um a short um, account of a large story. <laughs> so after leaving science, I set up as a holistic therapist and um, Reiki courses, Reiki treatments. And I also created a business called Kitty Soaps where I created organic skincare, natural skincare infused with Reiki, infused with um, elemental frequencies, crystal, crystals inside soaps. And this was back in 2006, and there wasn't many people doing things like this. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to create a unicorn soap, but I had never connected with the unicorns before. I connected with the fairies because I had established a reconnection with them because we used to connect, we used to speak to each other when I was a child. So we reconnected. Um, but I didn't have any sort of idea of the unicorns, if they were real. I kind of hoped that they were real. But I sat down in meditation and I said, if I have unicorn guides, may you please come forward. And no sooner did I ask that than two unicorns responded and came forward in my awareness and I could see them, I could sense them. And there was a huge, big Celtic male unicorn on one side of me and then this more sort of very soft feminine unicorn on the other side and together they touched horns so a unicorn has that alicorn that horn of flight comes out of their third eye and they touched unicorn horns above my head and it created this most beautiful cascade of unicorn light that went within me and around me and then they touched certain points of my body and I speak about this in Unicorn Rising. And what they were doing is attuning me to their vibration, to their consciousness, so we could be linked, so we could have a, a deeper connection, um, so we could basically speak to each other. And I would trust what I was receiving was, the, was, was their guidance. And yes, they gave me the information of how to create their soap and <laughs> the essential oils to mimic the the scent of a unicorn and everything which is a bit far out there but honestly the scent that they gave me is really just takes you like to another level but they also said to me okay cluster you're going to create a hands-on healing system with us <laughs> and I was like oh okay am I oh yes you're 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 destined to be a spiritual teacher and you know this was way way it was huge it was like um trying to fit that knowledge inside my body it just it didn't it didn't I couldn't I couldn't contain it it was too big for me and so it took me a while to let that settle but that was my calling card um to keep the story quite brief what happened next was I thought I was going to continue down the path of selling my soaps and my shampoos and my products but actually the unicorns guided me to enter this competition similar to dragon's den i think in the states it's called shark's tank okay yep yeah and so i entered this competition to win my to win a shop so i i entered i won the competition i opened up a holistic center 
and the unicorns knew this. They they knew it was all going to, you know, I had to take another leap of faith. I took the leap of faith. I opened, I got, I won the shop, which was amazing. Started teaching people about the unicorns and the angels and the fairies. Long story short, together with my unicorn guides, put together a hands-on healing system called Unicorn Healing, which is now taught all over the world. It's got practitioners in, um, I think, all the continents now. And um, and then Unicorn Rising came forward. So it's just, I guess it just goes to show that we need to trust our guides and what they're saying. We need to believe their higher vision and perspective for us because if we can't do it, then they can help us to acclimatize to these greater visions. And that's what the unicorns did for me. That is so incredible. And it's so interesting to hear you talk about it and then also make like these little side jokes about how it it sounds so fluffy or like out there. And then you're just like, yep, but it's my everyday life. So (laughs) yes, I'm aware that it sounds kind of strange, but I'm also wholly living this life and it is a part of me. And it's really beautiful to just see you light up when you talk about them because I can tell that it really has completely changed your energy and your life and the way that you do things. Tell me a little bit about, so you do unicorn healing, but you also do angel healing. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So round about the same time when I started, uh, so the, the therapy center, the shop that I, that I opened was called ethereal light. And I began to teach people about angels guardian angel workshops to begin with and then it just escalated and who came forward was Archangel Raphael and his other half Archea Virtue and they said to me a very similar thing and they said you're going to create this hands-on healing system I was like okay I've heard this all before with the unicorn (laughs) (laughs) she's like here we go again and you're going to teach it around the world and it's going to be as big as Reiki. And I was like, no way. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, angel healing is huge. You know, we've got thousands of people um, part of the system now all over the world. And I'm writing, well, I have, I've just finished the, my second book called The Female Archangels, which has a lot of the teachings of the system within the book. Um, and so what, let's, do you mind if we talk a little bit more about your new book, The Female Archangels? That would be great. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm really curious to know because I, I know it's brand new, so I haven't had the chance to get it and look at it yet, but I'm interested to know why specifically the female archangels. That's a great question. You know, to begin with, both Archangel Raphael, but also Archea Virtue came forward. And at that time, you know, this is going back round about 2007 time, I had never heard of the Archea of female Archaelics. Just going to ask you about that because you keep mentioning Archea Virtue, but I personally am not aware. Yeah, and there's only a sprinkling of information out there about them um but yet they are so on purpose and okay so just to go back a little bit for so many for eons really we have seen angels as these masculine beings haven't we and i believe that is because we were in the piscean age which was 
let's face it, patriarchal, masculine-dominated society, um, going back at least the last 2,000 years anyway. And so I believe the figures and the angels were represented in masculine form so people could identify with them. So you've got Jesus, male, Buddha, male, Allah, male, the angels, male. But we have now shifted into a new age. So we entered the age of Aquarius, I believe, in 11-11-11. Lots of people say it was 2012, December 2012. I believe it was 11-11. And that's really when the female angelics came forward. They've always been in the angel healing system, but at the start, it was mainly just the archangels, 16 archangels that, that people were attuned to when they came to learn the system. Then the Ar- the archaea, the female archangels wanted to, to come in. Now they're pretty much the voice of the angel healing courses because we are coming into And we're in, really, the age of Aquarius, where the divine feminine within us and within the world is rising. Mm. And so the Archaea are coming forward to answer this call to heal the suppression and the repression and the oppression of the feminine, no matter the gender that we are, because we're we're both male-female. And they're helping us to really heal and empower those aspects within us so that we can be more compassionate, so we can be more receptive. So it's less about action all the time. You know, we're less these like robots in in our masculine mode. So we're more receptive and we're more loving and we're more compassionate. They really wanted a book to be written, but they know that there's there's going to be so many more books to come. Mm. because the female angelics are reaching out to a lot of healers and teachers and wayshores right now maybe people aren't consciously aware of it but they are definitely coming in just like the unicorns did into dream time into meditation into symbology i even see angel card decks now a lot of them are female mm-hmm. a lot of the images are female we've got this upsurge of um goddess books as well like the divine feminine seems to be like such a buzzword but the archaea the female angelics help us to really get to grips with what is the divine feminine you know what, what is it is it just a term or you know how can we relate to that so that's really why they're here um as someone who my my personal spiritual path as far as uh what I guess you would call the more airy-fairy side. I really love that phrase. It's like my new favorite thing. Um, Kind of started in the world of angels. So for me, that language makes sense. And it's interesting to hear you refer to these female archangels as um, something separate from the traditional 16. And um, because for me, uh, I always knew, for example, probably the only example I can, is, is pretty universal, is like Archangel Gabriel. Uh, and so many people, you know, always referred to that as a masculine energy. And growing up, I perceived it as a masculine energy. And then as I started learning more about angels, I was like, is this a feminine energy? Yeah. What is it? Like where? And then I found out all these others that also are potentially um, either feminine or like androgynous. So are you saying that these female 
archangels that you're specifically talking about are completely separate from the traditional 16 that most people would know of? Or does it include some of those androgynous uh, blended energies? You know, the way I'm going I'm to share from an angel perspective, uh, this one. Okay, so I'm showing Michael a card, but you can you could imagine a coin. So a coin has two sides. Okay. A card has two sides, but it's still one card or one coin. An angel is like that. An angel has two sides. In essence, it's androgynous. It has no gender. It's not mm. got a physical. An angel doesn't have a physical gender. But like us, it has two polar opposites. It has a feminine consciousness and it also has a masculine consciousness. For so long, we have just connected to angels. For example, Gabriel has this masculine being. But as you've just said, which is which is beautiful, you start the more that you began to work with Gabriel, you started feeling this feminine, this feminine energy coming from him, which no doubt was Archaea hope. Was the, was the other half of Gabriel. In essence, though, Gabriel and Hope are just one angel. They're one celestial angel. It's it's very hard to put this into the words that we have because it's our words are so limited to describe what we're trying to understand here. But this is why they're coming forward in these in these ways of masculine and feminine. It's because in this reality that we're living in, we are masculine and feminine. So that's why they're expressing themselves in these ways. Maybe in another reality, they express themselves purely as a color mm. um, or a feel because that's the nature of that reality. But the 16 who initially came forward, now it's 17. 17 archangels on 17 of the other sides of that masculine archangel is the archaea. So I guess 34 in essence angelic beings, like different frequencies of angelic beings that we can work with in the angel healing system. But in truth, there are infinite, infinite number of angels that we can connect with. But they're all androgynous. They don't have a form. It's just they're they're coming forward to meet the needs of where we are. Because we are healing the feminine, mostly anyway, they're now coming forward. They're expressing themselves as this as feminine consciousness. Gabriel is still there. Michael is still there. It's just that hope or the other half of Michael Faith is also here to help us to get to grips with the, the feminine side that we've perhaps suppressed for a while. Maybe in time, as we become more unified, they'll come forward more as a unified being. That's my hope anyway. Yeah, I really love that. I think that it is important. And, and one of the things that kind of popped into my mind while you were talking about like two sides of the same card or two sides of the same coin, I think angels, uh, most people would agree, have have really been adopted pretty strongly by like Judeo-Christian groups and things like that. It's, you hear a lot about them in, in more Abrahamic religions, um, if you put them into a religion, that is. And I think that it's a very similar concept to kind of how in those worlds they say, you know, that God, Holy Spirit are the same thing, but also separate. 
it's this it's a very similar idea for me that these archangels and the archaea would be two sides of the same thing but also separate i i definitely it sounds yeah. strange but the more you realize how common that language is in spirituality and religion it's it's very normal um so i love yeah, that definitely i think it's it, it's so it's something it's a new concept which I'm, I'm well aware that this book is going to cause some controversy. <laughs> you think? Okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's perfect. Wow. I don't know what controversy that is, but it just came right to the table. <laughs> I'm aware of it. I felt it. This is what happens. This is what happens when you start to um, create change. Create, create change. You know, the, the opposite of what you're trying to do can come in. And maybe we should speak about that. I'm I'm listening. I am all ears. I am aware. I'm so excited to leave this in the podcast for people to be like, whoa, that's power. I think we should. I think we should. Because, you know, the, the archaea, the female angelics are here to help dissolve all the fear-based paradigms and the agendas. They're here to help with disclosure, to bring through truth. Not just truth within us, helping us to deal with our shadows, for example, but the truth in society. You know, they're breaking up. <laughs> they're breaking up systems and the government and politics and social economic situations because they realize we, in order to have a breakthrough, we have to break down. We've got mm. to break down the old, the old paradigms. And so, Sometimes this has happened before in conversations. I'll be talking about, you know, the female angelics and what they're here to do and all this great positive change. And there'll be a break in technology or something will happen. And it's almost as if, not to bring fear into it, but it's almost as if to say, you know, everything that we're seeing is being heard. Yeah, I absolutely understand that. I think it's so great, too, that you mentioned, you know, that they are shifting things like um politics and and the world in general because it's a perfect example that you and i right now are having this conversation internationally and you're feeling the shift and i'm feeling the shift and we are thousands of miles apart but it's so universal and it is happening to everybody everywhere um i thought about things like when you were talking about the breakdown to rebuild and to create I think even if you look at things like media, shows that are popular on Netflix right now, like reality TVs, a lot of it is, um, you know, if you think of Marie Kondo on Netflix, right? Her thing is take everything out, just like put it all in a pile and then <laughs> put it all back, right? So she like dismantles your structure and then puts it back. Or if you look at shows like Queer Eye, also on Netflix, they yeah. completely tear down your life and they say like, all right, here's all the stuff that's not working. Let's break it up and now rebuild yourself. So even when you look at media, when you look at politics, it's very clear that the things that you're talking about are happening. So whether you believe that it's the angels doing it or it's just some universal shift, it is undeniable. It's- it is. It is undeniable. And we can't, we can't experience change if nothing changes. Yes. No, we, 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 we have to. We have to be able to, um, yeah, we have to be able and, and willing to change and be open to change we need this if we resist change if we resist moving forward in our life 
that's when the discord happens that's when the dis-ease happens that's when you know we experience that little like technical problem there but that's when like the big problems come into our life um the thing is we, we never receive things that we can't surmount mm. You know, we we have everything that it takes. When something happens in our life, we have what it takes to move through that. But the question is, do we move through that with grace and ease in a divine conversation with ourselves and with our spirit team? Or do we resist it? Yeah. Or do we resist it? Um, it's, a bit, it's a big question. But you can literally see in the government and in politics how this is playing out. And those who are in opposition to moving forward and those who are like free and like in the flow, it's really, really interesting. The angels are all always say, be aware of what's happening globally, but don't be attached to it. Mm. You know, don't. Sometimes we can feel like we want to heal the world. You know, that those the fires, for example, for example, that happened in Australia, you know, that was worldwide awareness about that and so many people wanted to um give healing and put money on the situation and everything like that but the angels are very you know they they have a perspective they have a divine perspective that mother earth is going through her breakdown to enable her breakthroughs. And yes, we can't understand that at human level. Like, why do we need those fires? All those animals, all those people being affected. Why do we need to have that? But we don't have to... We don't have to understand that. We can give love to the situation, but don't be weighted down by it. Don't don't put your energy in it. Just, just give it love. See it, but don't let it adversely affect you. I definitely understand what you mean by that. And I think that's very well said. And it it is something that a lot of people can understand with such a um, recent and close to home example. So I appreciate you just, again, diving right into the, to the good stuff. (laughs) Get my hands in the clay. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. I think people like you are so necessary because it's, I, I think one of the most beautiful messages that you are an example of is that the divine feminine and all of the conversations that I've been having recently, because she comes up a lot. She is honestly, I sit down for a podcast and I think it's going to be a one thing. And then 10 minutes in, they're like, let's talk about the divine feminine. And I'm like, all right, here she is showing up. Um, You are such an example of how the divine feminine is not this passive, like uh, no action being. It's not this energy of just sitting around and waiting. There is certainly action, and I think action is so often prescribed and given solely to the divine masculine. But I think that's because people don't see healing and nurturing and development as action. They kind of see it as um, just like the fluff that happens in the middle. Yeah. And I think that you're such a great example of I'm kind and gentle and I see the beautiful, but I'm also getting shit done. Pardon yeah. language. You know what I mean? Like it's I, I don't think that that's prescribed to the feminine enough. And I appreciate you giving them that voice. I think that's so important. Yeah, because when we look at when you really go to the nitty-gritty, like the core of the divine feminine, she is the womb. She's the darkness. 
She's the darkness. In terms of an angel perspective, it's the black ray. You know how there's rays of consciousness, like mm. Archangel Michael comes in the sapphire blue ray. Angels, for example, like um, Archangel Azrael and his other half, Archea Mercy, come forward in the black ray. You know, often they're called the, the angel of death, but it's really the angel of transition, of rebirth. And the divine feminine is the womb space, is the darkness. And I believe this is why so many people have this fear of the dark or fear of the unknown or fear of putting their head under the water. Like it's fear of their own pet feminine power at the end of the day. Yeah, I know. We're going pretty deep in this. You we're said right the fear the of going underwater and I saw it and I felt it and I was uncomfortable. And then you just totally changed the way that going underwater feels to me. Sorry. <laughs> I, just, I was shocked for a minute. I, I couldn't hold myself back. <laughs> it's nice. I love how you experience it through your senses. That's awesome. What is, I, I really want to ask you, because I think so many people are going to have this question. What would you say is like the easiest way for listeners to maybe begin working with the female archangels or this more um, female angelic power? if it's not giving away too much of the book. No, no, not at all. I would say connect with she's she's been she's been coming into this podcast throughout. We haven't mentioned her, but Archea Faith. So the other half of Archangel Michael because Michael seems to be a go-to. Michael or Gabriella. Yeah, you're welcome. It's <laughs> a good name. There you go. Yeah. Faith I would say to the listeners, connect with Archaea of Faith. And in the book, honestly, Michael, I could have written the whole book with her. Mm. I could have just done one chapter on Archaea of Faith. She has so much to share. And her chapter was like three times as long as the other, other Archaeas. Um, but she's very practical. She helps us to trust. You know, the angels are, the, the female archangels, to define them, they're always saying, look at the root word, look at the, the etymology of a word. So the root word of faith comes from the Latin to trust. So like the essence is, is to trust. You know, from a religious point of view, faith is believing in something outside of us, like God as an external deity. But faith is really to trust in the power within us. To trust that we we have the wherewithal within us to do be anything that we want to. So I would say to the listeners to connect with her. Ask her to come into your dreams. Ask her to come into your meditations. Call her forward. Um, and she will help you to have trust in yourself. Trust in life. Trust in the situation you're in. Trust in the ideas that are coming to you. She will really give you that. Oh, that hmm. that confidence, that power that you need to move forward. I love that. I really like that. It sounds to me like all the um, the female archangels have these names that are not only uh, a part of a bigger part of the angel, like we talked about, kind of the masculine feminine duality, but how they're also an innate part of ourselves. So like your faith, your mercy, your hope, um, those are, that's a really interesting concept to me, how 
they're not so far removed from us. I think that there's something interesting about how simple it should be to connect to them because if you just recognize you are them and they are you and we are us, you know, that but it's yeah. it's not such a strange airy fairy concept. And I wish people could see just what happened when you started to say to say all that, your screen went really lit. It just Oh, that's it, so funny. This whole time up. I've been meaning to tell you every time you talk about the unicorns or the angels, there's this picture frame behind you that when you lean back, there's this one glow that almost looked like it was coming out of your forehead like a unicorn. And I, I was like, <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. But I was like, I'm not going to distract her. I don't want her to get, she's really go on a roll. So that's funny that like we're both watching the same uh, situation happen to each other. But but what you said there, oh, that, that's it, Michael. That's like the whole essence of them is to help us um, to embody the virtues that they inspire. But those virtues live within us, like faith lives within us, hope lives within us, constance, like the other half of Archangel Metatron, constancy lives within us. We have all these virtues. And I love the simplicity, just like you said, of... I could have, I could, I definitely could have written the book from a religious point of view, but a lot of religion has been misconstrued. So they literally said, "We're chucking out the Bible. We're like chucking out all these things." I know it's total heresy, and they said, "You know, define us by the root essence of who we are, the root of our virtue, to help the reader to connect with us." So that's exactly what what I did in the book. Um, but yeah, then then as we attune to them and work with them and partner with them, we become a template of faith of those virtues that that angel is sharing with us. Since it is uh, already just a big theme of the show so far, these angels and unicorns and being showing up, I have to tell you that the second you said, throw out the Bible, and then you made a joke about heresy, my entire home vibrated like something drove by or I don't know what it was but like my walls shook <laughs> and I was like here she goes again starting that controversy shutting down technology and making my house shake I know it, I know I can I can feel it like the angels are saying do you do you understand this this book is going to create big shifts it's going to create big shifts because I think it's going to inspire a big a movement you know and I can feel the opposition coming in I'm like nope we're too strong for you just go away (laughs) that's so funny for uh for listeners before we started the show uh Callista actually said to me she giggled and then she said I just know there's mischief coming the angels are going to play with us during the show I feel it and she just totally laughed it off like it was nothing and like I completely forgot until this moment but you were absolutely That's right. It. You called oh it before God. it happened. <laughs> That's it. See, they, all, they always just want to make themselves known. I love it. Uh, you are so much fun. I I don't want to let you go, but I, it is kind of approaching that time where we wind down the episode. So before I let you go, I want to ask you, as I do all my guests, if you could take your journey, all that you've learned, all that you, you've experienced, and really pull out one or maybe two if you can't help yourself, um, pieces of advice that have really stuck with you or, or shaped your, your path, what would you say that those pieces of advice are? 
you know, all I can hear is my gran right now. I can hear her voice and she's in spirit, but my gran was always, still is my greatest spiritual teacher. And she had this saying that what is for you won't go by you. Meaning if you are, you know how we talk about manifesting all the time, manifesting this and setting intentions. And sometimes we might be frustrated that what we want is not coming into our life. It's that teaching of if it is for you, it will come into your life. So just have just have the trust, just have the faith. Here we go back to faith that um, everything that you're manifesting, everything that you're putting out there will come to you. It won't go it won't go by you. You won't miss out. It will come. It will come to you. And on the back of that, my second tip would be, which really is at the core, I believe, of all our inner wounds, our inner stories, our inner limitations, is worthiness. Mm. That, that we are worthy to receive. We are worthy to receive anything and everything that we want to come into our life. The angels always say, this is a this is a playground here. Stop being so bloody serious. This is a playground. Whatever you want to come into your life, dream it, create it, ask for it, receive it. You're worthy of that. You're worthy of that bliss. You're worthy of that incredible relationship that gives you multiple orgasms. You're you are you're worthy of the extraordinary friendships. You're worthy of that of all the money in the, in the in the world you're you're worthy you're worthy you're worthy you're worthy in every area of your life um that would be my my take home <laughs> i love that just this morning i was explaining to someone that uh we get so focused on manifesting abundance and manifesting all of these things as if they don't already exist when really most of the time what we should be focused on is removing whatever wall or limitation or blockage we've put between us and what already exists. And so I love that that was your second piece of advice because I just had a huge conversation with someone this morning about that. So um, I love that it's just coming back around, keeping keeping it all connected. Thank you. Um, If someone wants to get to know you better, work with you, follow you, become your new best friend, what is the best way for them to do that? I hang out mostly on Instagram. Instagram. I can never pronounce that properly. <laughs> if you just look me up, Callista Ascension, or on Facebook, I do a lot of uh, free Facebook lives and meditations, working with the angels and the unicorns. And again, that's just Callista Ascension if you search for me on there. Perfect. All right. That sounds great. Um, well, I absolutely loved talking with you today. It has changed my entire, I was going to say my day, but it's like changed my entire life. And I am so excited to grab a copy of the Female Archangels Evolutionary Teachings to Heal and Empower Your Life. Uh, It is available now that once this episode airs, so uh, go ahead and get yourself a copy. Yay! I look forward to talking to you. Of course, I look forward to talking to you soon. And thanks again. Thank you. all right that was my conversation with Callista. huge thank you to Callista not only for being an amazing guest but for also continuing to be an amazing light and a healing presence in my everyday life your magic is so appreciated 
If you would like to learn more about Callista, you can find her on Instagram at Callista Ascension or check out her website, CallistaAscension.com. Her new book is available for purchase on Amazon and you can find that link in the show notes below or you can just head on over to Amazon and search Female Archangels by Callista to grab yourself a copy. While you're out there clicking through the web, take some time to follow me on Instagram at The Diviner Life. And to learn more about my services, you can head over to thedivineyourlife.com. Be sure to subscribe to Let's Be Omnist from your favorite podcast platform. And then check back next week to hear my chat with Delphin Reyes as we go beyond the binary of the divine and discuss more gender possibilities of spirit. Thank you for listening. Remember to share with your friends, your angel healers, your fellow unicorn lovers, or whoever else you come in contact with today. Don't forget that I love you. I appreciate you. And until next time, be true, be you, be omnist.